Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and from the Brainwaves team today we have Susie. But before I hand it over to Susie um, uh, to introduce today's guest, uh, I'd like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm coming from you today. And I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be tuning in today. Okay, now before I get started, um, I'd just like to let the listeners know that today's show may contain some distressing content uh, relating to the mental health challenges surrounding serious trauma, PTSD and disordered eating. If you find any of today's show to be upsetting or you'd like to speak to someone about your own personal experiences, um, you can call Lifeline on 131114 or the Butterfly Foundation on 1800 334 673. Thank you, Kaylin. My name's Susie and today I'll be chatting to Alex Devant here about his experience of an eating disorder that's actually linked to his suffering of post-traumatic stress disorder and associated depression. Alex is an Australian activist and is well known on social media for this activism. He really does care passionately about social and climate justice issues. He's also a successful interior architect and designer and his current projects include work on off-the-grid type homes. After spending months running the I Stand With Dan Dan campaign last year, a campaign in support of Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews and his government's health strategies to beat COVID-19, Alex unfortunately came back to terms with his old foes that were almost forgotten during Victoria's long lockdown. Alex suffers PTSD from a few different events in his life and he also struggles with an eating disorder. In fact, Alex's entire family are overweight or obese and that drives Alex's illness and it's an everyday struggle for him. I noted actually that um, Alex referred to this eating disorder on Twitter and I was really pleased when he then agreed to share his experience with our listeners on Brainwaves. Eating disorders, as you would know, are quite common and they can be very detrimental to health. The National Eating Disorders Association reports that people suffering PTSD can engage in unusual eating patterns to self-manage their feelings and to regulate their emotions. Unfortunately, the outcome can result in more negative feelings. Depression, whether it's as a result of PTSD or otherwise, is also linked to eating disorders. An eating disorder involves an unhealthy sort of preoccupation with eating, with exercise or with body image. It'll be interesting to hear Alex's first-hand account. Hello, Alex Devantia, and welcome to Brainwaves. Um, Firstly, Alex, is there anything else you can tell me about yourself that might interest our listeners that I might have missed in the introduction? Um, well, 
you've spoken about uh, how I suffer from PTSD and that, that comes from a, a few different things that have happened in my life. Um, that's, and some pretty scary stuff too. Yes. Um, we've just spoken about, off air, we've just spoken about mental health and I'm very well aware, but I've learned over the last few years just to manage my mental health. Um, I, I'm not on any medications. Um, I try and keep myself busy. Um, yeah, um, and I'm in also, um, apart from activism, I'm um, an interior architect and designer. So I keep myself busy in that. I love creating things um, and I get a lot of joy out of that. So, um, and then with the eye during lockdown, um, as you know, um, and a lot of people know, um, I ran the I Stand With Dan campaign. And, That's right. Yeah, and people, people don't realise or didn't realise how huge that actually was. Um, I was doing artwork. I did artwork for 52 banners and every one of them was different. Um, yes. That went all around Australia. Then I had to do all the buying of the banners and ordering and sending them to people's houses and then fighting with councils or most councils were actually really good. Um, people were complaining about the banners and then I would talk to the councils and do all that. Um, and that kind of, um, well, then I had to stamp out Murdoch, which is another one that yes. I run. Um, we, during lockdown, I mailed out 235 mugs to individuals' houses. So yes. you can imagine all the work in that. Um, yeah, so that kept me really busy. And then the day that Dan Andrews then came out and said um, that Get, he's going to go top shelf. So then I sent him the bottles of him and Brett Sutton. I sent them a bottle of whiskey each. I think you would have seen. I did see that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and from that moment on, it was all over. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. And our building company wasn't working because just before lockdown, the, um, the banks pulled all the finance on us. So that was another depression that I had yes. going into lockdown. Yeah. Um, and then during lockdown, they turned the whole thing around and they actually lent the money on better terms and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But, yeah, but then I, my business partner builds them. I just design them, right? So um, I, I literally had nothing to do when I stand when Dan was down, like, over. Um, and it's still kind of going, but I'm not really running it in the sense of banners and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, now it's... Um, I, all of a sudden, all my mental health problems came back because yes. I was bored. But and also, would you say that you were perhaps overworked like because you were so focused on that campaign? Were you maybe pushing yourself a little bit too hard at that time? Oh, no, no. no? I, loved, okay. I loved, loved every minute of it. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so lockdown for me, you know, I, I did the banners up in the two banners that flew over um, Brisbane. Um, yes, I saw one, those. Yeah. Yeah. So piss off ScoMo and YouTube Palmer. And then yeah. the other one, which was um, thank you, Anna, and YouTube and CHO. Yeah. Um, so I no, I loved every minute of it. And I was doing radio interviews in lockdown and I was doing, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it was really it was fun. And yes. then I, I had a um a, a friend that I'm actually building these new houses that I'm designing in my forever house at the moment, mm. um, here in Q. Um, her and I, every night, um, she's an older lady, yes. um, and her and I would be on the phone every night for at least an hour, and we would just be laughing and cackling about the whole, you know, because she, she's a single woman living um, 
in here in Kew. Um, she's, yeah, she hasn't lived with anybody for 20 years. And so she kind of, you know, it would have been affecting her too, but we got each other through it, you know? It was, mm. you know, and yeah, but all the lies and all that stuff. That Because at, at the, when it came to, you know, the Murdoch media, and that's why people don't realise, but I Stand With Dan was never started to suck up to Dan Andrews. I Stand With Dan was started because of the Murdoch media and the people, the people in the news conferences. And it, and it wasn't started, it was actually started by two women in New South Wales and one woman in Queensland mm. who approached me and said, mm. we've got to do something about this. Um, and that's how it all started. Yeah, so, a key thing about it is, and we're not going to go, it's not a political show as such, brainwaves, mm. but a key thing no. about it is the... I'm not a Labor person myself, and I'm certainly not a Liberal. However, I was finding that the continuous, unrelenting attacks on not only Daniel Andrews, his government, the public health team, Brett Sutton, was affecting my mental health. I couldn't, I couldn't actually watch the presses in the end. So That's I was getting, getting yeah. vicarious traumatisation is what they call it. So it sounds like you've been incredibly busy a hive of activity and then suddenly your business is not working at that point and there's you you find yourself at a loose end and then your eating disorder resurface because of past trauma and mental health um just while we're talking about that you said to me when we were talking previously that there's a family history of weight issues can you let us know a little bit more about that yeah well um just to give you um an idea of, of that, that the last time or well, the last few times I saw my grandmother um, and I, I'm, I'm actually body weight index. I'm actually a little bit overweight um, and always have been, but only by about five, five kgs or something like that. Yeah. But my whole family and my, like my dear old grandmother, they'd be like, you've got to start eating. You've got to start eating. You know, and I, I'm not skinny <laughs> by any means. Mm. Um, and it's because it was norm in my family to be overweight. You know, mm. my father, when I was young, was um, a marathon runner and he was fit and whatever. And he hit mm. 40 and he is now like about 130 kilos. Wow. And I have nothing against it. I'm talking about the health reasons. I've always struggled with it. And then my eating disorder, I'm actually a qualified chef. And I can cook anything, anytime, and I'm pretty creative and all that mm. sort of stuff. But I just don't want to eat. And it's mm. it's, it's an underlying issue of thinking about my family and, you know, and they've got massive health problems. It's not just mm. that, you know, they're overweight. It's that they do have huge health problems, back issues, all sorts of issues. So, mm. and like, just when after um, lockdown, eating became a chore again, and a, a chore, I'm sorry, I should say. Yeah. And it just became, and I hate it, and I'm constantly, because I, I know this shouldn't be a worry, but I'm also gay. So in the gay world, if you're overweight, it's not looked at quite nicely, which, yes. which it shouldn't be. Um, mm. You know, I don't look at anybody different because they're overweight. But, yeah, I, um, I've always fought with it because of that as well. You know, mm. us gay guys are always freaking out about our looking pretty and slim yeah. and all this sort of crap. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you don't have an issue with it because I was put out, I was fattened up and put out in the sun as a baby as they used to do in those days. Um, so I'm <laughs> not exactly a thin person myself. Um, the other thing is 
it's interesting as well, you're a chef and talking about the weight problems in your family. Every show that I do lately, I seem to manage to get the words gut bacteria in, but they uh, <laughs> actually, um, they're linking now. If you, you develop a certain gut bacteria as a child to do with the diet that you have, um, and apparently in mice, at least, it's, they've done research, it stays with you for life. So that could be one of the factors why sometimes it's not what you eat and what you exercise, but you've got gut bacteria working against you at the same time. Yeah, well, my, my mother always blames her thyroid, um, but you never know. If this gut bacteria thing, I haven't really researched into it. Um, I'd have to look into it. But it affects she, your mental health as well. Um, gut, yeah. Your gut's very connected to your brain and production of serotonin and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but um, I think healthy eating and stuff like that, well, you're right. Because I, if I cook a good meal and I sit down and eat a good meal, which I try to do, like at the moment, the last week or so, I've been pretty good. Um, I've been eating quite well, actually. Um, but it's always more satisfying your mental health. Yes. If, if you've eaten well and you've had something really tasty and whatever, you mm. know, it's a, mental health, it's the same with, not having money. When you've got money, you're always happy. You know, well, <laughs> to the sense of if you're comfortable with money, you're, all, you're generally happy. Um, yes. And I, I find that it's the same sort of thing. It's like it's whether you're comfortably eating or whatever. I don't know. I think a lot of the things with mental health um, these days and why there's so much of it around is, is things like, um, and I'm probably I'm not trying to get political, but it, it's, it's to do with, um, you know, um, raising the rate, <clears throat> sorry, um, you know, people can't live comfortably on the... Um, $40 benefits. a day. Absolutely not, you know. They spend that on breakfast, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just while you're talking about eating as well, uh, with depression they do recommend that, well, every one of us should be doing mindful eating, like being aware, not just wolfing food down without any... Um, awareness of what you're doing and you've just explained that growing up you could see the problems that were happening in your family um, to do with weight issues and that put you off food so um, it how was well also what my mother put into the pantry like yeah <laughs> my, my, my mates would come over after school and look in our pantry and see what was in there and it's all just junk and it was yeah. like and they were like, oh, my God, I wish my mum bought this. I was like, yeah. I wish my mum would buy normal food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, how old were you when you first realised that something wasn't quite right with the way that you were eating? And, um, like, were you very young or? No. Um, it would have been when I was probably 19. 19. Okay. Um, about around the time that I came out gay, because at that time I was 100 and five kilos yeah from memory um and then that's when i just went oh you just got to stop this shit because yeah mm. um so and that's when i started i went on a vegemite on toast diet oh my god uh, yeah. <laughs> and i lost um about 20 kilos in about six weeks or something it was yeah. like remarkable um but yeah yeah i went on an apple egg and orange diet once and i don't <laughs> eat apples or <laughs> yeah. I, I still like Vegemite probably enough but. yeah well you I prefer the Vegemite diet <laughs> um so um did when you when you sort of were coming out as gay and um obviously teenage years are a difficult time for most people you're sort of finding your identity and um trying to decide there's a lot of pressure your hormones are changing 
Um, but then having that additional factor as well to um, address, did you get any sort of help? What sort of help did you get at that time? Nothing. So nothing. Yeah. No, um, I had a pretty horrible childhood. My my parents um, pretty much blamed me for everything my brother and sister did. Um, and then um, I went to a pretty horrible um, uh, private school mm -hmm. um, that didn't um, like recognise all the issues that were going on. And I, like I knew I was gay since I was eleven. Um, I can remember the moment that I like figured it out and then but I came from a highly religious family um, yes. and so there was no way in the world I could come out and tell the family that I was yes. gay and then yes. when I came out at 19 I was so scared of telling my grandmother that she would disown me I didn't speak to my grandparents for six years and oh that, that's that, terrible yeah. yeah that they actually had private investigators looking for me and all sorts of stuff yeah um, so they could have found me quite easily if they had just gone to Oxford Street but just even, I know that you've had a lot of things happen to you, but just what you're describing is enough to traumatise anyone for life. So Yeah. Mm. There's a lot, a lot, a lot. and it's. I think there's a lot less now, but there's a lot of mental health in the gay, um, in the, the gay community, um, especially of my generation and the generation before. I, I think it, in a lot of ways it's um, destigmatised now and it's not nowhere near as now. Uh, as bad, but yes. yeah, it still um, exists. So, oh, oh, there's a lot of mental health, <laughs> there's heaps of it, yeah, and it's very sad. But what we went through, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I'm not a 78, I'm only 44, yeah, um, but I we had bottles thrown at us outside nightclubs, even here in Melbourne in Grant, yeah. Road, you know, they'd throw the bottles at us in the lineup to get into a club and stuff like that, and it was, yeah, yeah it was pretty hard. But, Not to make light of it, but I spent a few um, childhood years in sale and you couldn't even wear white socks if you're oh, a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, of course, sale's a, a country town that um, there's a lot of there, people that are very there, insular there. There was another one. Um, there was a brand of cigarette and you were, people, were, guys weren't allowed to smoke a certain brand of cigarette. I can't think what it was. Peter Stuyvesant or something. Anyway. Yeah. Because that was a gay cigarette, apparently. But when when I came out, I was very lucky because um, I um, was working for a company, and then that company bought Lay Girls. Yeah. Um, and we, the guys, they shut down the nightclub, and then we took it on the road. So uh, like Priscilla, mm. but I had eight of them in the um, Tarago, um, and we drove around all of New South Wales mainly. Um, and yeah, and so I was lucky because I was shielded, that I was protected by all these um, transgender women. Yeah. Um, and it was so, I, I was very lucky, like my time on Oxford Street because, yeah, uh, yeah. but other people weren't, you know, mm -hmm. like there was people killed not long before I hit Oxford Street. There was that guy was pushed off the um, cliff. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was oh, I know of, that story. Yeah. There's heaps of murders and stuff yeah. like that. So I was lucky. But I knew a lot of people that hit the drugs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I've never done a needle in my life. Like yeah. 90% of my mates back then were on drugs. And, yeah. You know, and and some of it is self-medication as well. It's not just... It, it's coping. Yeah, it's yeah. a coping mechanism. It was, yeah, and it's because of what we were going through, you know. Like, so, like, in the last 20 years, how have you been with regard to your depression, your PTSD and your eating? Um. 
So my main PTSD comes from an incident in 2014 um, where um, my ex-boyfriend murdered his girlfriend. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, and I was actually the number one witness in the court case, not because I, I was a 1,000 kilometres away. Yes. Um, but because I knew their lives better than anybody else because I was best friends with both of them. Yes. So... Um, my eating then, because um, I went through that court case for two years, um, the coronial inquest, I should say, because they both ended up dead. Um, and so my eating for a couple of years there, I got really thin. Like, I actually, I was underweight a fair yeah. bit. So it's a type um, of anorexia. Have you ever been diagnosed with anorexia? No, they don't, I, I've never... It, my, well, it's not classic, but yeah. Yeah, my, my eating disorder is a bit different because... I go through waves of it. It's yes. not like I, I, I don't I don't go anorexic. Um, I, I don't know that my body could ever go anorexic. Yeah. But I'm I've been too thin. If you get yes. what I mean. Like yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, during the lockdown too, I put on ten kilos. Yeah. You know, I wasn't riding my bike. I wasn't. Well, I didn't have the time. <laughs> like yeah. we're we're allowed to exercise and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But like two summers ago. Uh, summer before last I, I was you know riding everywhere like like 20 k's a day mm. you know and yeah and i still can't get back into that rhythm with mm. my bike riding um so yeah yeah and it's so important actually as you would know a few things that work very well for depression are of course medication sometimes exercise is a key thing but if you're yep. so depressed you can't always make yourself go or get out of bed um a third thing would be um meditation which i don't do um it doesn't suit my personality because different things work for different people but diet is critical and again it ref reflects on your gut bacteria and things like gratitude practice and even journaling where you're virtually counseling yourself so yeah. as well as psychotherapy so there's a lot of things that work and if you're not able to ride your bike when you've been so athletic that would in itself you feel like you're letting yourself down. And that was something I was going to say to you, Alex, that when I looked into this, it said that if you've got an eating disorder, like if you're suffering from depression and an eating disorder, you sometimes eat, this is what it's saying, to soothe yourself and self-medicate. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is you then feel guilty and you feel worse. That's correct. Is that, Absolutely. Would you say that's true with you? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Another time when I, when I had a... Um, my eating disorder was going sideways was when um, after the last election. Yes. You know, um, when I was working with, you know, several Labor candidates and whatever and, and independents. Yeah. And then the, the, uh, it took me six, well, it took me from, I think it was May 18 to the 19th of November. Um, I can tell you the exact dates because I, um, I worked on the election and then, I was so depressed and so angry and so I was so frustrated um, that on the 19th of November, I finally snapped out of it and I put on a bit of weight then and whatever, and that's when I started exercising it. But, look, just talking again about your underlying disorder, I was reading this morning that a good thing to do is to treat that underlying disorder and with PTSD, it can involve re-exposing yourself in it, not exactly graduated exposure therapy, but 
through psychotherapy, re-exposing yourself to that trauma so that you can, they call it catharsis, get it out of your system. Have you ever considered okay, doing okay. anything like that or undergone anything like that? That's I just read that in a, one of my psych books. Yeah, well, about three years ago, my boyfriend tried to murder me um, and stole a whole heap of money off me and stole a business off me. And I got, I, I've never been good with psychologists or psychiatrists. And the because it was domestic violence, I got a uh, free um, psych, uh, psychiatrist, uh, sorry, psychologist um, down in Tasmania. And every, see, every time I go and see a psychologist and whatever, they all say the same thing. And that is, Alex, you are not crazy. You have got no problems. You are just trying to cope with the shit that's happening in that's your right. life. That's right. right? right. You could write a book about everything you've just said. I, I've actually written a book. Oh, um, okay. I'm, I'm just waiting. My divorce from that person is nearly yeah. over. Yeah. Um, and when that's over, that's when the book will come out. Um, yeah. I've, actually, I've actually got a book deal. Um, so it's been going for many years. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, um, and they all say the same thing. The psychiatrists, the psychologists, they all say the same thing. You just had a shit life, Alex, you know. Like, um, I, I was put up for a, 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 a group of psychiatrists wanting to um, analyse me once. Um, I'll never forget this. And one of them turns to me afterwards and says, how are you not in the corner in a catastrophic state? From what's actually yeah, happened You actually you. sound like a very strong person to me. You really do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm only rushing a little bit because we're, we're running out of time, unfortunately. Cool. But cool. what, what I really want to do is to find out what advice would you give to any listeners who've had an eating disorder like yourself based perhaps on depression and PTSD or upbringing? What, what's the things that's worked the best for you, Alex? Well, the things that have worked the best for me is absolutely, um, and please don't think that I'm saying don't use medication, but I found every medication um, has not worked with me. I've tried bloody 20 of them, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and I, I, I find that I internally, I spend time on my own. I internally make myself happy. Mm. Um, I think about my actions and stuff like that. Um, I become, I'm very active in the community, as you know. That's very um, good for mental health. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And get out and try and exercise. Mm. Like I just said that I'm not, but you know, um, you might have seen on Twitter recently that I've got this new electric scooter and I'm running around the streets like a 15 year old. I had not actually, yeah. <laughs> um, even that, that's a bit of exercise. It's a bit of fun as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I, I believe community work is great. Yes. Uh, and getting involved and, you know, being involved with your tribe. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, look, what's your Twitter handle? Out. What's your Twitter handle for um, listeners? It's um, at Australia underscore wake. Okay, that's great. And do you have any other me any other way people can contact you in an official sort of capacity? Uh, wake Up Australia um, is on uh, Facebook. 
as Wake well. Up Australia, yep. Yeah, um, and um, Building Products Australia, you can contact me through there. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, there's a whole show on that. I'd be very interesting. We can't do it on brainwaves, but <laughs> um, just what you're doing with the housing. Look, yeah. Alex, thank you ever so much for taking the time to share your story. It's, I think it's very courageous, and particularly I'm aware that you're hoping to um, run as an independent in the next state election. Um, and we're trying on Brainwaves very much to destigmatize mental health issues. Um, so you're helping us by and helping other people by sharing that story. And I'm sure that your battles would, although yours are quite extraordinary actually, would resonate with a lot of people, but certainly you've been through some major trauma there. And I think the fact that you've, you're overcoming and managed to win that battle on a daily basis um, overall um, would give hope to other people that these things can be overcome with de determination and support and all the right mechanisms. So thank you so much. My absolute pleasure, yeah. Susie. Thanks again, Alex, for coming on the show today. And thank you, Susie, so much for um, reaching out to Alex and setting up the interview today. It's fantastic. I'm sure we could have kept talking to Alex for another half an hour or more. Um, and I have no doubt that uh, our listeners will really benefit from listening to your inspirational story. Once again, if you did find anything in today's show distressing or you'd like to talk to someone about your experiences, uh, you can call Lifeline on 131114 or the Butterfly Foundation on 1-800-334-673 or Eating Disorders Australia, sorry, Victoria, on 1-300-550-236. I shall include a bit more information on these organisations in our show, show notes, so be sure to check them out. That's it for today's show uh, of Brainwaves and you can find more of our shows at the 3CR website 3cr.org.au or on Spotify or where you download your 3CR podcast. If you have a story to share or you'd like to send us some feedback or suggestions for future shows, please email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. And uh, that's it from us today. Stay safe and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.